Hi, my name is Jenny Donnelly, and this is Shauna Danberg, and you have joined the Don't Mess With Our Kids podcast. There are mothers and children and men and fathers and just people in general who are saying that they've had enough because the attack on our kids has gone too far, way too far, we like to say on this podcast. And so there is a movement rising up in America, a grassroots movement called Don't Mess With Our Kids, and we are inviting you to engage by joining this podcast, you are engaging in this. By sharing it, we would be so grateful if you did that because it helps spread the word because America is in desperate need for change. So on April 13th, I know we keep saying this and you've heard it over and over again, and we're going to keep beating our drum to this. We are meeting in all 50 states on one day there will be a prayer gathering, and we will also talk about reformation strategies on April 13th. Put that in your calendar, make it happen, be there, and you can go to don'tmesswithourkids.us for any type of information that you will need for that. And last but not least, and I say last, but it's not last. I think there's a whole lot that's going to happen after our large mega gathering yeah. in our nation's capital in Washington, D.C., that's a million women and their families that are going to join together, and it will be historical. It will be something that we, um, from that point forward, see God do incredible things in our families, in our schools, in our nation, in our government, and I believe that we are living in some of the greatest times. So I want to get right into part three with Mark Gonzalez. We have been blown away. If you have not seen part one and part two, you definitely need to see those Part three might not make as much sense if you don't see part one and two. So we're going to stop you right here. If you just are suddenly landing on part three, please go to part one and two. But here we are going into the third segment with Mark Gonzalez. And I love this next discussion, Shauna, because it's talking about mobilizing and organizing the church. And here we go. Yeah. I want you to give us a little, a little glimpse if you can. We might have to share your screen again for this one. But will you show an example of what you do to go in, you see a school board that needs flipped around and how you're taking um, pretty sophisticated data to see, you know, churches in an area, how many members are there and how you can, you basically show churches, this can be done. This can be done with, you know, right here in this town. Can, can you show that? Because I, yes. I think, I think it'd be really yeah, helpful. Let me, so let's, uh, so let's start for instance in San Antonio, San Antonio city council just so you can kind of see kind of the apparatus and some of this kind of, we do this so people can see how, if we organize, these are the things that happen. San Antonio City Council, you know, they added the LGBTQ protections on non-discrimination ordinances. They're called SOGI laws, right? Sexual orientation, gender identity. So in, in San Antonio, they literally said, you can't have a government contract. You can't work with the city. You can't run for office. Right. If you're not uh, changing your rules, then not just hire LGBTQ and have them on your boards and so forth, but to at the same time allow them to go into, you know, men to go into women's bathrooms and so forth and so on. Right. So with all that, it passed this this ordinance. So the churches called and said, can you come help us get organized so we can fight this thing back? So we said, OK, so we came in. This is San Antonio, the fourth largest city in America. And. A seventh, excuse me, and it's got 10 districts. So we begin to organize 2,100 churches, right? And so we brought in 21, we got 2,100 churches. We distributed uh, 200,000 voter guides. We ended up doing it twice. So we did about 400,000 voter guides. Okay, we got these 2,100 churches. We did voter guides in English and in Spanish, okay? So this is a mechanism that we use in all of this. And so, uh, and when they had done the vote, the vote was eight to three. They voted to allow this to happen, okay? So we got over 2,000 people to come and speak against this ordinance. Less than 300 spoke in favor of it. So you would think 2,000 to 300, they're gonna kill the bill or kill the ordinance. Well, that's not what happened, okay? They passed it, eight to three. So I'll tell you why, because there's two things missing in society, the fear of the Lord and the fear of the church. The fear of the Lord is spiritual, the fear of the church is political. Okay, it's numbers. I you don't believe me? Why does an elected official want to speak in your pulpit every time it's election time? Because they know you represent numbers, right? And they know they rep you represent votes. And that's what this whole thing is about. But then they also know they'll never see you again. That needs to change, okay? And so, but 
So the, the election is had, and it's eight to three, or the vote goes down, it's eight to three. So of that, the three that decided to, that had voted against this ordinance, two decided to run for higher office, and one stayed in office, and it was this African-American lady right there. And, and so she, there was 14 people that were running for the, the mayorship of that city. And, and so the thing here is the average turnout in a city election is 6%. Okay, imagine that, wow. 6%, all right? So if you then divide that by, by adults, that's about 4%. And then only 2%, it only takes 2% to win that election. So you got 2% of a city telling the other 98% how they're going to live in that city. Wow. Okay, I, I need you to get... Yeah. So, so here's my point. You can't tell me that if we don't organize, we're not more than 2%. Yeah. Yep. That's it. Okay, this is what we need to get here. And so this is what this whole thing is about. So we mobilized, we did the we did the 200,000 voter guys, 2,100 churches. We distributed it. We doubled the turnout to from 6 to 12.1. Okay. And so we, because the thing was, everybody anchored, you can't see it here, but it's the city ordinance that would, uh, that added sexual orientation, gender identity. Okay. So she was the only one left that had voted uh, that was opposed to it. And so the church anchored around that. And so, we doubled the turnout and we got her into the runoff. Okay. Mm. San Antonio, right, is 65% uh, Catholic, Hispanic, liberal city. It's, it's less than 7% black. Okay. I want you to get that dynamic. Yeah. Okay. An African American lady should never even be an inkling of a way to ever be win an election in that particular city but the church. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we did the runoff. So normally the runoff is half of a, an election, general election. So if it was 12, it should have been what? Six. But that's not what happens when the church organizes. Okay. We did it all over again. 2,100 churches, 200,000 voter guides, turned out the church vote. So we didn't go from 12 to six. It went from 12 to 14.2. We made history. First African-American female. Okay. In the seventh largest city in America. Mm. because awesome. of the church. So we brought in a statistician to run the numbers because they went national, people talking about it, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so we did the numbers. We learned a whole lot of stuff about San Antonio. This is the only one I'm, I'm, I need to share. There was 30,000 first-time evangelical voters that came out to vote, and she won by 3,000 votes. Mm. If the church organizes, we win. Okay, mm. that's what this whole thing is about. Right after that, Parker, Anise Parker, the first open lesbian mayor, of a, of a city, of a mega city, Houston, the now the fourth largest city in America, says we're going to follow San Antonio's example. In San Antonio, they subpoenaed the pastors, federal subpoena, sermons, text, emails, 14 different, uh, uh, four different areas of communication. They were subpoenaed, mm -hmm. okay, to oh. the, the pastors turning in all these sermons and so forth. If you talk anything about against the mayor, anything against homosexuality, blah, 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 so forth and so on. Okay, so finally you had to go to court. All these things happened. And so we finally win. Now it's election time. Okay, Houston's way bigger, right? So now you can't tell there. We had to squeeze it down, but we did. Now we're talking 4,500 churches, 575,000 voter guides all across the city. We did them in English. We did them in Spanish. Okay, we did eight. We knocked on 80,000 doors across the city. Okay, we put votes all across the city, billboard signs, everything. We turned out the vote. Okay, and we won that election by 22%. Okay, because the church organizing came out to vote. That's what this whole thing's about. Now, mind you, uh, let me get to, to skipping around here to I can show you something else that I wanted to show. Uh, I think it's right here. May not have gone far enough. Okay, yeah. So I talked about this. Let's look at this slide here. So Los Angeles, right? It's bigger than 23 states. Hmm. Turnout is 2.9%. Wow. Right? 
So if you have that and then you have it again, okay, you get the point. Less than 1% are voting, and that's why you got a Gaston who's running the, the criminal, you know, as a district attorney for the city, doing whatever. We see crime. We're seeing everything that's going on because why? The church is not participating. People of faith are not participating. These are the things that we're seeing. These are the things that are happening. City of Houston, we talked about that, right? It's bigger than 20 states. We saw in East Parker. Four point, the turnout there was 4.9%, right? We more than, than doubled it. Right. We got the 4,500 church to 14 percent. Right. And we made history the night before it had come out in the news. They were expecting to win by 20 percent. OK, the next day when the election was actually had, we won by 22 percent. That was a 42 percent flip. OK, because the church came out and voted. Right. These these are the things that happened in Fort Worth. We saw the Fort Worth Independent School District. We're here, in, you know, here in the DFW area. Right. This is where this push really began to happen. To allow boys to, to shower in girls and, and girls' locker rooms and so forth. And and uh, you know, Arnie Duncan and the Obama administration began to push this agenda. They figured out, well, if we can tie federal dollars to this, we can begin to force the hand of school districts to begin to have to do this if they want to keep receiving these dollars, right? And so with that, in this particular district of the vote that made this happen. Right. It was there's nine hundred and eighteen thousand people, twelve hundred people. The vote was had by twelve hundred people. OK, that's how much it took to win that election that determined of what how this agenda was going to begin to roll out across the country. It started locally, then it went nationally. And in that same district, there's one church that's got over three thousand members. That church alone could have decided this agenda that's rocking our nation all across America. Right. So these are the things in Bentonville. I remember in Bentonville, they came to us. A lady wanted to they were trying to do the same thing, allow uh, boys to shower girls restrooms and so forth. And in that we helped. It only took one meeting because all it took was 37 votes to win that city school board election. Right. This is what you got to be mindful of. These school board elections don't take always don't take a lot of votes. Okay. Right, one crazy example of Riceville, okay, that in this election, uh, there was one man that was running for school board, and he was on the ballot, and he forgot to vote that day. He's got a farm; he was working on the farm, and didn't get it, make it in time to go back and vote, and he forgot to vote. Nobody voted in that election. If he would have voted for himself, he would have won. Okay, so again, we got to be mindful of how it's important for us to begin to focus locally in these races because we can make a difference in all these things that are happening because it's doable if we organize. Mm -hmm. And that's what this thing is about, for us to begin to organize. And, it, and if we do, and again, this is just us being the church, us doing what God has called us to do as the body of Christ, being mindful that we're to participate in elections. I mean, I've got a responsibility before God, country, and family to vote in every election. I don't get the option to say no. Right? And that's what this whole thing's about. And when the church finally gets it, I remember in Fayetteville, we had to come out to vote four different times in a row. One after the other. Four times. And all four times, the vote got higher. They were not expecting that. Why? Because by the second and third time, the church is great gaining momentum, beginning to realize I got a responsibility before God. OK, not party, not candidate. No, no, no. Before God to vote in every election. So now we're not having to tell them again, even though we were. OK, but the numbers kept going up, not down. And that's the point here, because we're going to we're going we're gonna to circumvent all the things that have been happening. Because we're coming out to vote and the numbers continue to increase. And there's not enough dollars to move those kind of numbers. Mm -hmm. And this is what this thing is all about at the end of the day as we engage in, in our responsibilities before God, country, and family. Wow. This is, this is really, really profound. I have a, a question for you. We can actually take a couple of questions if you're okay on time, maybe like five yeah. more minutes. Um, in the comments, everybody, if you have a question... And we can pull a question and we can throw it up on the screen. 
and um, we'll have Rachel's behind the scenes right now. She can pull that question up on the screen for us and then you can you can check that out, Mark. But I am wondering, are you seeing pastors that you talk to? I know you go into pastors meetings, you go into, you know, you gather people up, you're educating just like you've been doing for us tonight. Are you seeing pastors that have been historically inactive in their, you know, like sending people to the ballot box? Are you seeing them catch a hold of this? Um, by and large, they're catching a hold of it. I mean, is it like, you know, 10 out of 10 pastors see the light and they step on board or what are, what are you seeing? I'm looking for hope for Oregon, Washington, and California. <laughs> West Coast, baby. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, we are seeing the uptick. We are seeing uh, pastors and churches beginning to realize. Okay. And the point is, yeah, we always want to move faster in that direction. Uh, but the point is, there is movement and it is taking place. And so, uh, and I believe that it's going to continue increasing because we're beginning to see God, God, there's because of the prayer and because of the fasting. Okay. The standing is coming. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's what this thing is coming that is going to take place. You know, we've been uh, organizing prayer all across America for a long time, but right now in particular, Telling people four things. We're going to pray for exposure, you know, for everything being done in secret, all the corruption, all the different things that are happening for God to continue exposing what's happening. Right? We need people to run up against the hand of Almighty God. God, it's not, no, you're not coming against me. You're not going to come against you, against Canada, against, no, no, no. You're going to run up against God, man, because the body of Christ is praying. This mm -hmm. thing is going to be exposed, and then it's going to boomerang. Okay, that's where this Esther movement comes in. Right, it's gonna boomerang on their own hand. Haman had to hang on his own gallows. He put those gallows so to, to hang the Jewish people, to hang, you know, Mordecai, to hang, okay, God's people. Well, he had to hang his own sons on those things. And this is because why the the prayer and the fasting shifted the matter, and this is what we're seeing. But then it's not enough for the matter to get shifted. It's not enough for it to get exposed, to get shifted, for it to boomerang, if the people do not see this. We need them to see this. We need the scales to come off the eyes of the people for them to see what's going on and taking place and for them to say enough is enough, mm -hmm. right? And that's what this thing is about right now. We're seeing these things begin to happen. And because, again, the spiritual aspect, so prayer plays a key role. I know we're talking a lot about voting and engaging and poll watching and all these things, running for office, and that's happening. And, and it needs to happen. But it doesn't happen outside of prayer, but it has to happen, okay? So that's what this thing is about at the end of the day. And, and then, then because it's not enough that it gets exposed, it's not enough that it boomerangs, it's not enough that the scales come off the eyes of the people to see the light of the glorious gospel, to see truth, okay, if it doesn't end up at the ballot box. Mm -hmm. And this is what this thing is about, and this is what we're believing. This is why we're seeing all across America, what happened in Virginia, what's happening in other in other cities and states where you're seeing parents are saying we're done. They're showing up to city council. They're showing up to school board. They're coming up, challenging libraries, challenging school districts, challenging governments and saying we're not going to allow you to keep teaching this to our kids. You're not going to keep showing them genderqueer. You're not going to keep showing them, you know, all these different books that are out there. And this is why at the same time, God is raising up the Sky Tree Book Fair. He's raising up Brave Books Book Fair. He's raising up things mm -hmm. on our side, okay, that are going to be the wholesome books that are not going to teach them an agenda that's not that's completely ungodly and evil, right? So this is what, and because of all of that coming together, all things work for good, okay? Those are called the going to God. So from all of that, all things working together for good, the prayer, the fasting, the standing, Okay, we all got a role to play. And if we play it, right, we're going to see things begin to shift because now in some places it's getting so bad that even the pastor's talking about it. Yep. yep. And that's what this thing is about at the end of the day. Yeah, it really is. And we don't want to lose our freedom to be able to talk about it from the pulpit. Um, somebody had a question here, and I think it was, I'm a little bit far from the screen, so I can't see it too well from where I'm sitting. So let me just take my best stab at it. Maybe you can put it up here, Rachel. But um, I think it was, do pastors, um, can they talk about politics from the pulpit? I think some people think that 
they actually aren't allowed to. Yeah. That's what it was saying is that if I have a 501c3 or I'm a nonprofit, are there some separation of church and state issue that could come up and get me in trouble and I lose my nonprofit status? People are asking some questions along those lines. Yes, you can as a pastor. Okay. As an individual, you can do what you have a freedom to do, whatever it is that, you know, you want to say and do. Okay. Uh, and technically you can, but just to keep it without stretching it or in the sense of, because a lot of folks get hung up here. Bottom line is you can't say the entity, the church is endorsing or the church is doing this. The church is doing that. Me as an individual. Okay. You can do whatever. Cause I'm also a citizen, not just a pastor. Okay. I'm also a citizen, not just a minister. Right. Uh, what you can't say is your entity. Right. But here, let, let's, let, I, I was, it's a little bit of a loaded question because mm -hmm. it's never happened. Okay. A church is automatically a noun uh, is a protected status. Okay. You don't need a letter of determination. You don't need any of that. So you're free to say whatever is technically you want to say. Okay. From now, the pulpit, from the pulpit. You don't mean like outside. You mean literally from the pulpit. The you're pulpit. at church as yeah. an individual. I'd love you all to be hundred percent voting registered. Yes. Voting now, that's a given. Yeah. Registered voting voter guides. Cause all of those are just educational things, right? right. If you individually want to tell somebody to go a particular direction, you know, like that tell them how to vote, who right. to vote for. Yeah. Vote. Yeah. That's going to be, that's, that's the pastor's prerogative. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but as a, to vote and do voter registration, that is completely open. Mm -hmm. You can do whatever yeah. it is that you want to do when it comes to that. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, now what's happened in today's society is a lot of the churches have gotten a letter of determination. Okay. Which is that 5013 mm -hmm. status, right. Where, um, is where they try to use against churches, okay, to keep that status. Now, the, it's called the Johnson Amendment, right? And and so when right now, again, none of this has been 100% enforced. So if you don't, I, I get it. If you don't want to go down that path, at the very minimum, what have we been saying here today? 100% voter registration, 100% voter turnout, and they're, they're, we're going to be distributing a voter guide come election time. We're just educating the pew. You're going to see where the candidates stand on the issues, and then you can vote accordingly. Okay, we at the very minimum need to be doing that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Okay? That's right. Beyond that, that's up to the pastor, because I know a lot of pastors that do it. Okay, I remember there was an initiative that was being done uh, by some different uh, attorney groups because we've been trying to challenge that in court. Okay, and the IRS won't take them to court because they know if we go to court, they're going to lose. But they want to keep using it as a fear tactic over the church. So you got the freedom of separation, church and state, all these different groups. That's the name of the group, by the way, what I just said. Okay, so they send a letter every election cycle to pastors. You can't talk from the pulpit there. So they're, you know, fear mongering and trying to uh -huh. keep everybody from not doing these things. But at the very minimum, okay, mm -hmm. you have to know. You can, okay, totally protect it. Make sure voter registration, make you in, and they, they vote, and you can do a voter guide yeah. to distribute in the pew that can they yeah. can educate your community to go vote and vote those that are most closely aligned with biblical values. Is it true, Mark, that are you Reverend Mark? I don't know what I'm supposed yes. to be calling you. <laughs> Reverend Mark. Mark. Okay. Mark Gonzalez, is, is it is it correct that originally the separation of church and state was put into place to keep the state out of the church, not yes. the church out of the state. Exactly. Is that correct? In the constitution and in, well, in, in initially with our founding fathers, that was the purpose. Okay. It was turned around uh, to be used the other way. Okay? The, 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 there should be a separation. No, the separation should be is government. You can't interfere in the church. Even, right. Yeah. Uh, but stay again, out of our way, <laughs> stay out of our way. And we're, we're going to be, we're going to be the church. Right. Yep. And so, uh, and there's all kinds of things that people can do, put it this way. You're going to know who I vote for. All right. Because you just know what I do. All right. So people know that you got a bumper sticker, you got a deal. They see you at this deal that, you know, so it's, it's not the point, but from the pulpit, if 
you don't feel comfortable going that direction, minimum 100% voter registration, 100% voter turnout. We have to do that from our pulpits. Yeah, and I see a really great question here. How can we encourage local pastors to lead um, their people? So there's a lot of people on here right now that are kind of going, okay, wait a minute, how am I going to take this to my pastor? Mm -hmm. And I can imagine there is a wrong way to do that. And uh, maybe there's a better way that you could, you know, what is the way to share that? Like just, you know, in humility, but also urgency, um, kindness, truth, all that. Like, give us some tips on that. Yes. Uh, we, we, one of the strategies that we implement, uh, I wasn't going to do that on this one, but hey, you, you, the good question is we tell people you need to establish a civic ministry inside your church. Okay, just like you have every other ministry. Uh, you can't poke at this with a stick and expect it to change. We're going to have okay. to be intentional, right? So just like you have a children's ministry, a youth ministry, food ministry, you're going to have to have a, a civic ministry, okay? Okay. And, and everybody has one, right? So if, put it this way, what does a church do when it needs to deal with an issue in the community? If we need to deal with the children, we start a children's ministry. We need to deal with the youth, we start a youth ministry. We need to deal with the poor or food, we did it with a food ministry, a pantry ministry, whatever that becomes, that's what we do. So if we want to take back our government, but we're just not going to take it back. We got to start a civic ministry, right? Civic and everybody has one. Everybody has somebody in their church that's always yeah, saying, true. hey, pastor, <laughs> did you hear what's yeah. going on? He was taking place. You see what's happening. I said, okay, that's who we want. Give us Mary. Yeah. Okay. She's all in already. And all we're going to do is educate them on how to navigate and how to establish the ministry, okay? And, and that's what it takes. So when we're doing this, that's all we're looking for. We're looking for somebody in that church that's already inclined to this, that with the pastor's permission, this is why we deal with pastors, because what we want from the pastor is your blessing, and then for you to give us Mary, okay? And then you give us Mary, then we train Mary on how to establish that ministry in your church, Okay. right? And that's what yeah. this whole thing's about. It's very simple. What's going to be the first thing? 100% voter registration, 100% voter turnout. You're going to do a voter guide, and we're going to be praying. Those are the four things, prayers included. So we're going to pray. We're going to do 100% voter registration, 100% voter turnout. We're going to do voter guides. We're going to become the education hub for our church. Okay. Simple. But then when we need those poll watchers and election judges, it's like we already have these people that are passionate oh, about it. We just we just pull from those groups. Okay, I get it. I get it. Uh, it's, it's starting to become really clear, actually. You're doing a great job explaining this, honestly. People are asking, how can they get a hold of this? I get Well, first of all, this podcast or this broadcast is going to be available on YouTube. It's going to be on our Facebook um, where you found it. But also, everybody will be on our podcast. Don't mess with our kids, so look that up. But also... How are people going to find out more and kind of connect more to your vision? Mark, is this through HispanicActionNetwork.com? Yes, uh, we got things there and we're putting a lot. Uh, we got some new things that are going on up there as well. Okay. Uh, and things that we're going to give to don't mess with our kids. Uh, because I, I think as we, I had not even sent you this document yet. So you could kind of see the strategy behind of what's going to take place. If you want to share the, screen. share the screen. Yeah, yeah, we'll share the screen. There we go. Okay, so here we go. You can see this. Let me see if I can uh, just blow it up a little bit more. And I'll move it to the center. Oh, I don't see that. We're still on your slides. Okay. Okay. I'm trying to go to a PDF. Oh, it might be that. So I should reshare. I... Yep. Reshare um, your, your so screen. Stop sharing? Yep. Stop sharing and then go back in there and start over and grab that PDF. Okay. All right. This is what happens when you. Yeah. We're on the fly. No big you're deal. On the fly and you're. And uh, okay, let me see. I'm gonna share screen. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what you've been cooking up because I know we've been thinking and praying and strategizing and yeah i think the i think our audience is going to be so hopeful when they realize oh no yeah. we're 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 partnering up yes, like we we're going to come up with a strategy with what we're doing together to get what he's talking about because they're right. like how do we how do we get this how do we mobilize this it's like no we're we're going yep. to do this together yeah and we have a plan coming out of these capitals on april 13th okay perfect okay, we can see that now can you see that yep, yep. All right, you're going to establish a civic ministry in your church. Okay. Again, just like you have a pantry ministry, youth ministry, all that, you know, children, youth, you're now going to establish a civic ministry too. So see, this is, somebody was talking about the pastor, right? So what we want is the pastor to designate a civic ministry coordinator for their church. Okay. Now, sometimes it has to happen the other way around, where we have an individual that wants to be that for their church, then they need to go up and talk to the pastor. Okay. I was just at this event. I heard about this. I'd like to do it if you, with your permission, blah, blah, blah. Okay. And then if he gives his blessing, then here we go. Okay. And we got more presentations on this. We have a manual that we train coordinators mm -hmm. with. This is not the manual. This is just one of our brochures. So it says, create a civic action team or ministry team inside the church led by a civic ministry coordinator, right? Uh, so they're going to develop a team, just like the children's ministry, youth ministry. It's not yeah. just one person. They, they put a team together, right? So you're going to put a team together. Uh, then you're going to commit right off the bat, 100% voter registration, 100% voter turnout from a biblical worldview, biblical values. Then you're going to provide biblical value voter guides where available, okay? So you're going to distribute. And then we're going to assign intercessors to prioritize prayer for national revival and societal transformation. That's what this thing's about. So this goes hand in hand. It's not mm -hmm. one or the other, it's both. Yeah. This is why I love the prayer hub strategy you guys are implementing with now we're adding school board. You know, this is, yeah, this yeah. is a dream deal. Okay. This is what, anyways. Uh, so then with a civic ministry team member, okay, as a member of the civic ministry team, you agree to work with the permission under the authority of your pastor, right? Mm -hmm. you never do this outside the pastor. It don't work this way. That's we're not right. here to try to do nothing. It's, we got to get the pastor's blessing, right? We make that very clear. Yeah. You're going to educate the congregation about current issues. You're going to serve on a team of like-minded individuals in your congregation. You're going to help facilitate voter registration 45 days prior to each election, distribute nonpartisan voter guides, and if available in your area, alert your pastor when important issues arise in your community. That's what this whole thing is about. Simple. But what happens there is we establish, can we take me off the screen now? Okay. Uh, cause I'm going to draw something. <laughs> this is, uh, you're making, we're, we're going live, live here. Okay. Yeah, and I'm going to try to show it because this is how we do it. We are creating a, uh, or my, let me see. So, so let me see if I can get back to, okay. So that's so I can see myself now. So what we're doing here is. We're creating, let me see if you can see that, mm -hmm. a civic yeah. interstate, right? Yeah. That's what this thing's about, right? So this is an interstate here. So when they were building that street in front of your church, in front of your house, wherever you're at right now, when it was just mud, rock, caliche, all of that, you couldn't put nothing on it. Mm -hmm. The moment they built it, now you can put a car, a truck, an 18-wheeler, you could land a plane on that thing if you needed to. Mm -hmm. Why? Because it's built. You mm -hmm. see... That's what we're doing right now. We're building a civic interstate of organized churches mm. that now we can put anything on this deal. Yeah, right now we're talking about voting. Okay, but they can be the next prayer rally. That's right. right? It can be the next, uh, you know, com day community, you know, community day when I'm, we're going into the community and just being the hands and feet of Jesus. But it doesn't matter. The point becomes is, one phone call, one email, one text message, and I'm moving two, three, four, five hundred churches that are organized with a civic ministry. And now we start taking back our community. Wow. That's awesome. And that's what this whole thing's about. So, yeah, we get in the trainings, we get in the deeper depth into all of this, all the different layers and how to do it, what it looks like and what will happen and what will take place. Uh, but, yeah, and uh, we can so do that at a further at a further time uh, to really get into the weeds of how this works and takes place because i tell people just just imagine i said just do the numbers and just to be keep it simple 
All right. Let's say it takes um, 500 votes, okay, to be a school board member. Let's say it takes a thousand votes. I'm going to show you this. I'm writing it here to be a city council member. Okay. All right. Let's say it takes 1,500 votes to be a state rep. And then it takes, and I'm again, to keep it simple math, it takes 2,000 to be a congressional member. Okay. Okay. So we're going to begin to organize churches in an area. Mm -hmm. So as we begin to organize right. churches in an area, because here's what we always do, right? When it's come to elections and things, and uh, let me see if I want to say this or not. You know, I'm not going to say that. Uh, okay, some secrets we got to keep. No, I'm Strategies we got to keep under wrap. Uh, but the, the, the point is I'm going to show you enough to get you... Uh, make it dangerous. So the, the point becomes here is when, when we start to do this, because I have it written here, hopefully this is going to make a little bit of sense here. So what's going to happen is we're going to, let's take a piece of the pie here. All right, we're going to take an area, right? These are eight districts. We're going to take this pie. Okay. Here, okay, this way. Okay, here's a pie, right? Mm -hmm. So, we'll have to do this better later, but just for now. And so, the, we, we're going to call those districts. Let's say there's a hundred churches that want to come together and get organized with a civic ministry okay. in your area, right? So, I'm mm -hmm. just going to put dots. Okay, I'm putting dots in all of this, and all these are churches, all churches. Are, okay, they're okay. These are churches that are getting organized, right? So what's going to happen is there's going to be one district that's going to end up getting a little more populated with churches that are starting to get organized, right? So let's say for my example here, we have, we got 20 churches in district one. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you see 20 churches in district one right here. As okay. we started to spread out all these churches all the way around. Okay, so 20 are in District 1. Let's say on an average, we got 100 voters in every one of those churches. Okay. Start getting the math. Okay, yeah. so if I got 100 and I multiply it now, that means I got, with those 20 churches, I got 2,000 votes. Mm -hmm. Okay, so mm -hmm. if it takes 500 for school board, that means I got four school board members. Mm-hmm. Okay, wow. if it takes a thousand for city council. That means I got two city council members in that district that we get to decide. We, the church, get to decide who's going to serve us down the city hall, mm. right? Yeah. So you start getting start uh, yeah. realizing how this will begin to work as we start to get organized, and this is how this thing will begin to operate. So then, now what happens? All these churches have a civic ministry, we're organized. Mary's talking to John, John is talking to Judith and you know we got all this stuff going on and then all of a sudden they're trying to pass something at City Hall well one mm -hmm. phone call one in one text message we all get on this interstate and we show up at City Hall yeah. okay we show up at the Capitol we show up at whatever because we're organized see the difference between mobilizing and organizing is mobilizing I got to do everything all over again to go get somebody there mm. when I get organized I don't got to keep doing it over I'm adding numbers to it every time Mm -hmm. Because I had okay. 10, now I got 20, now I got 40, now I got 80, now I got 150, I got 300 churches that are organized. So every time the numbers keep going up yeah. as we start organizing. So that's when we start to breaking down into, you know, coordinators and districts and states and da 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 da. You start adding chapter, you know, it gets, it's, it's a little more that we can do later. Sure. But you start getting the point. It's just simple. Getting churches to begin to get organized. Right. With the pastor's permission. And again, this isn't for everybody. OK, but there is a remnant right now. Jenny, mm -hmm. you and I know this. Shanna, you know, and I know that there is a remnant out there right now that's crying out, saying, God, we need to do something. Teach me. Show me. What can I do? There is people like that all yeah. over America. I know Absolutely. because that's who we work with all mm -hmm. across America. 
God always takes us to the remnant. Yeah, you're going to have the naysayer. You're going to have the, you know, you're going to have the late adopter and all that, but you're going to have the first responders too. Come on. You're going to have those people that are going to get that train out of the station. And once that train gets to moving, there's going to be more people going to jump on, but they want to make sure this train is moving. So we're looking for those that are going to move this train. Yeah, that's right. And get this thing going. So then God can have his way and we're going to get organized and we're going to begin to see what God's going to do. And we're going to get to take our country back and put God at the center. Okay. Come on. And Jesus at the center of our nation. And that's what this whole thing is, is all about. So, uh, yeah, so I'm ex. Yeah, this is exciting. What's going on with don't mess with our kids. <laughs> it sure is. It sure is. And I want everybody to know, just like you said, Shauna, we are going to be, um, giving you instruction, how you can walk this out with us. This isn't just like, wow, what a great broadcast. And now we move on with our life and we yeah, talk about other things. Right. We know that 2024 has to be dealt with like laser focused in this area. And we're so thankful, Mark, that you are, you're partnering and we're partnering with you and we're just seeing what God's going to do. It was a truly a divine connection. Um, I know Lou Engel just absolutely trusts you. He loves you. He called you up and said, can you help us mobilize to the mall? You know, what can you do here? And so I think God's going to blow our minds. I think we're going to look back and, and see that we entered one of the greatest fights for our country and the greatest privilege to fight for our country. And I think this is going to go down in history books. I think we're going to yep. be, our kids are going to be talking about this, man, do you remember when that and mom and dad and talking and teaching us and, um, I, I think we are in really incredibly significant times um, and our children are watching, our children are listening, our children are learning, you know, what we care about. And so the, the time is now and we're, we're very urgent. Would you close this in prayer? I would love for you to pray for us. And I know people have so many questions and they're just excited, but if you could pray for us, um, you know, I know that we need courage right now. We need courage to stand and not just fold, thinking that we can't make a difference and we're too insignificant or uneducated to make a difference. But um, if you could pray for everybody, that'd be amazing. Yes. Father, we just come before you, Lord, because without you, we're nothing. And without you, we can't do anything. And we need you in the mix, in the center of everything. As we say over and over again, we're in God country, that if God doesn't do it, it cannot be done. Father, this is, we as a nation have gotten so far off track. And God, we need to come back to the center where you're the center of everything. And, and Father, we are here making ourselves available. Lord, and, and even though it looks hopeless, it's not hopeless. Because at the end of the day, government still rests on your shoulders. Not man's, yours. And God, and then you use... Father, the church, as the agent that you've anointed to transform society. And we're part of that army that you've left, that you've anointed in the earth. Got to transform society and to transform people and be used by you to set people free. So, Father, that we, that's, so today we're just here saying, send me, send I, send just as Jeremiah and prophets of old God just use us God, for your honor and glory and Lord and we thank you that regardless of what it may look like because in some areas it is bad okay it's like real bad father of what's going on in the society and Lord as we're seeing what's happening in schools we see what's happening in communities God we're seeing how we're just Lord humanity and life and humanity it's not you know, we're, we're seeing even over the last 24 hours, God, people running people over in vehicles and laughing about it. God, we're, we're seeing what, you know, what's going on in classrooms where they're saying, aha, we're doing this, and the parent doesn't even know about it. God, we're, we're seeing what they're doing to children. God, mutilating our children. and God, we're moving body parts and doing that, not letting kids, not letting parents know about it. Or God, literally confusing children, and, and it's okay. No, it's not okay. So, Father, we just pray, let there be an awakening of truth sweep the land. Let an, let an awakening of truth, God, sweep the highways and the byways from the White House, God, to, to Congress.
God, to every state house and every house in between. God, that you will move by your spirit. God, we pray for every pastor out there right now. God, we know we're living in an age right now where the bandwidth of truth, the bandwidth of information is massive. God, and, and Satan has, has so in, infiltrated, Father, the minds of our children, God, through social media, through television, God, through to just music and all the things that are happening. God, that sometimes we're like, I don't know how to address this, whatever. Just help us to speak the truth in love, yes, but speak the truth nonetheless. And let it crescendo in the hearts, Father, of your people. Because at the end of the day, people want to know truth. And if they didn't, there wouldn't be so much reality television. There wouldn't be so much folks following people around. What are they doing today? No, no, because people want the real. So if I help us to be the real church in this hour, whatever that means, God, for some of us, it's just loving on our neighbor. For some of us, just praying, God, for our coworker. For some of us, it's, yeah, well, someone's going to have to engage in the fight in a little deeper level. God, whatever that means. But all of us can pray and vote. And I vote what my grandpa, my grandma, my mom, and my dad, and my cousins vote. No, no. I'm going to vote biblical values. If I'm the hands of Jesus, the feet of Jesus, I'm going to be his vote too. So I don't get to vote my way. I got to vote your way. Help that begin the crescendo all across this nation. And Father, we'll give you the honor, the glory, and the praise. Protect our children. God, while we get our act together as a church, as we get our act together as moms and dads and mama bears and papa bears and start doing something in the school boards and city councils and in these meetings, protect our children because Father, we left a major gap, and we're going to fight back to close that gap and take it back over. But in the meanwhile, protect our children, God, from these crazy indoctrinations that are happening, God, all across this nation. Protect their minds, protect their spirits, protect their innocence, and help us, the church, to get it together. That you can use us as your agent of salvation. You can use us as the salt that you've made us to be in the earth. And we'll give you the honor, the glory, and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 This has been absolutely phenomenal. Mark Gonzalez, you are the real deal. The real deal, man. Thank you so much for everything. Seriously, we're so excited about what's going to roll out from here. Excited about um, strategizing and seeing how we can help mobilize and organize the church together. So, Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your night. I know it's a little bit later for you in your time zone, but we just appreciate you dearly and look forward to what's next for all of us. Thanks so much. Yeah. All right, you guys, that was absolutely incredible. And I'm just so thankful. What are your thoughts so far? Cause I know that you didn't have, you haven't met Mark until now No. and seeing all the things I've been telling yeah. Shauna, like, listen, when you see this, when you meet Mark, you're just going to be so mm -hmm. full of hope. Well, while, just while he was praying right there, I literally saw, so JD and I, it's not, it's not super uh, new news. If okay. you haven't heard though, I'll tell you, we watched Little House on the Prairie. Yes, I love <laughs> We that. love Little House on the Prairie. That's like what we've been to watch at night when we're done with our day. But we were just watching when they were blowing up the like mountains and stuff in America. They're, you know, Charles Ingalls is like blowing up the mountains because they're building the rail systems. Okay. It got me thinking about how after they built all the railroads that went all, all across the United States, what, what did they do next? They built the roads. They built the interstates. And I was thinking mm. about in, in prayer while he was praying, I saw like the whole United States and, you know, I-5 and 205 and yeah. all the interstates that go from one end of the country to the other, up and down and all around. Mm. We can get from Florida to Oregon, right? Wow. And then I saw the civic interstates mm. being built. They were wow. like over the top of the United States. And here were all the interstates and it's actually, it's coming right now. Wow. It's like, here it comes and it's going to come quickly. A wow. lot of those interstates were made very, very fast. Really, And so I can see that happening over the next few months, these civic interstates being built over the top of the country. Yeah. Wow. That is so powerful. I have so much hope. I'm telling you right now, living in Portland, Oregon in 2020, I didn't have this much hope. I was like, dear God, yeah. where are you? And he's like, the real question is, where are you? You know? And so God has positioned each one of us truly to, um, you know, we're in position. I, I, I like to think of a, a golf ball on a tee, you know, that has to happen 
before the ball is launched out. But yeah. the game of golf is not just placing the ball on the tee and then going, wow, look, this is great. And then from hole to hole, just putting a ball in position. See, the church is positioned right now to literally be the answer to every foul, crazy, disgusting, wicked thing that we see. Amen. And God's given us the power to do it. I can't stand back and say, somebody else do it. I can't stand back and say, I'm just a mom. And I mean, I don't, you know, I didn't even pay attention in history. I didn't mm -hmm. pay attention to government mm -hmm. class. I thought it was boring. And now I'm trying to play catch up. But those excuses, they, that's just what they are. They're excuses and they yeah. hold no weight. They hold no value. And so we are the salt and we are to preserve this incredible country that people fled for religious freedom. They fled to a place that they could build a country, a nation that would be aligned with the Bible. And we live in this country and That's I right. don't want to see that be any other way. And so yeah. it's all hands on deck. It's all hearts on deck. And you might be super educated like Mark, or you might be like me and feel like, man, I got to catch up here. It's okay. It's going to take all of us, no matter where you are. So we knew that tonight we were going to extend this time. We're going to chop this up on our, uh, don't mess with our kids podcast. We will leave this broadcast up. However, that means that you can share it. There are people that will never hear this message unless you share it because they're in your sphere of influence. And that's how you can also be the salt is by taking messages like this that are extremely challenged to challenging to duplicate. If you were to go on your social media and try to duplicate everything tonight by yourself, I mean, I couldn't duplicate it without Mark. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's impossible at this point for me. So why not just push the share button, click that thing and make a comment, push it over to your Facebook. You can even take this link in, if you're on YouTube and you can copy paste this link into your Facebook, you can go on Instagram and, you know, take a screenshot of this right now and say this, this is a must watch. Go to YouTube, go to Jenny Donnelly official, or go to our Facebook or go to your Facebook because you posted it. <laughs> Would you please help us get this message out? Because we need to build a civic interstate. That's what I was hearing. Right. So Amen. you guys, God bless you. Thank you so much for being with us tonight. This is going to be an awesome adventure and we're going to do it together. We'll see you guys later.